0: Welcome to the Diesel Performance Podcast. This is Justin Tyson.
1: And Chris Emke.
0: And as you're probably aware, uh, Paul is not here. He's probably celebrating the 4th. Chris, do we have any idea what he's doing? No. (laughs) Yeah, no idea. We have no idea what Paul is doing. But, you know, I'm sure none of you miss his voice. I know Chris definitely doesn't, but uh, (laughs) it'll be nice to take a break. But uh, anyway, we also are joined by a gentleman that works with us that is a diesel enthusiast to the max. Chris, he's like a little brother to you. Let's uh, let's talk to him. Who is it?
1: Oh, man. So uh, we have Anthony Brunini. Uh, Anthony's been with us over at the shop now for a few years. He uh, started off as kind of like a customer support guy, and now he's in a sales role in the organization. He's got a couple cool Duramaxes over the years. So, Anthony, how are you, man?
2: Dude, I'm good. It only took three years before I got on a podcast. I'm pretty stoked about it
1: man anthony's one of those guys that when he gets put into an odd situation or like a new situation that you know he has looked up to for some time, he gets really sweaty palms. so justin you should check his home they're
0: they they are extremely red
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> like he literally held them up and i'm like damn dude you can see the sweat you know, uh, just uh, a little nervous so uh,
1: anthony tell us Tell me a little we'll skill back background here. When you first started with us a few years back, you had a Duramax. What was that truck?
2: That truck was an 03 LB7 that I bought off a, a friend of a friend. <clears throat> and I mean, it was like a solid beginner truck. Like it had <clears throat> the rockers are rusted out, you know, cab corners, it had high mileages. It was, it was everybody's first LB7 if you've owned one. Um, at that point, uh, I was really just starting to get in the diesel game. So you know, I had friends; they had diesel trucks, and they're like, "Dude, you got to get into these trucks." I mean, we had a you know shit ton of fun on them. Bought my own, and then, then I just came to, came to realize what everything entails. You know, you talk about injectors, turbochargers, things like that, and just slowly started my making, making my way into the industry. Okay.
1: Uh, over the course of you working over at Calibrated Power, what was some of the upgrades you did to that truck?
2: The truck, I mean, pretty much came in just stock. Uh, one of my first few days there, Nick was like, boom, let's get this thing tuned. <laughs> so pulled the ECM. Had uh, actually Justin flashed it for me, I'm pretty sure. Dude, yeah, holds back, cool. Back when you were in tuning. And um, <clears throat> from there, it was just, you know, I ran on the tune 230,000 miles on a stock trans. It was it was only a matter of time before I put one of those in there. So DJ did kind of one of our, it was right before we released like the 550 built. So he kind of did a prototype 550 for me. And then, I mean. I mean, I had big plans for the truck, but it was just—it was, you know, it was kind of old. It was beat up, so I wanted to invest in something a little bit newer. But I mean, the truck, built trans, you know, stock turbo, stock injectors, like that was a lot of fun for a 530 horse truck. Don't don't get him wrong either. This guy,
0: it was beat, but he loved that truck. Chris. <laughs> like do. you could tell,
2: we could tell he loved that truck. Yeah,
1: no, he. <clears throat> I remember being in the shop, you know, washing washing my vehicle and easy washing the rust. The <laughs> thing, it was. So, uh, we'll, we'll fast forward. Uh, last year, uh, you and I went on a little road trip. And what's the truck that we're going to be in, uh, in conversation about today?
2: That is now my 05 LOI. It was, <clears throat> ever since I was a kid, like, a bit quick background, my dad's always had red vehicles. Like, he had two red Trans Am, so like, red was the color for me. And I know you were helping me for a while, and everyone here knows that it had to be either like a, a VVT truck, so an LOI or an LBZ. It had to be crew cab and red. And then you know, I think we were hanging out, and you told me, "Hey, I got this guy in Marketplace selling a red LOI with relatively low miles." And um, we just, I mean, we took like a four-hour trip to go pick up the truck, and I feel like you know, the rest is history. We're at the we're at where we are now with the truck. Okay,
1: so for for guys that are ever looking at a used truck, I think uh, there's a couple key points that I remember in that sales ad. Fresh head gaskets with ARP head studs. You know, some other minor upgrades. Um, but the head studs and head gaskets—that was a big one, if I recall. Correct?
2: Yes, exactly.
1: Okay. So uh, the guy he used the truck. He went on family trips with an RV. It had a fifth wheel and stuff like that. And he upgraded to a, a newer fourth-gen Dodge. Mm-hmm. So he was in, you know, and looking to get rid of the truck. And it was a really pretty truck. Like it, it showed well in person. It drove really nicely. Like you could tell. Like it was—it was, was a good buy for what we were getting mm-hmm. at that point.
2: Yeah, and um, I feel like the guy was really stand up about it, which is, I mean, anyone who's bought <clears throat> vehicles off of, whether you're on Craigslist, uh, Facebook Marketplace, everybody knows what buying a used truck is like. And I feel like it was really refreshing for both of us where, you know, yeah. we were asking questions, like, and the guy's like, hey, it's got rust spots. Like, I've never taken the flares off, but it should be solid. You know, I did a, a lot of towing with it. Um, so it was nice having, like, a, a stand-up guy about the truck, too. Yeah.
1: Uh, at the same time, he was a DIY guy, so he did the, the, the upgrades and repairs themselves, which at the time, you know, there were no issues with the truck mechanically. So mm-hmm. fast forward a year, you know, we'll talk about the first winter that you had the truck. <laughs> and what were some of the issues that you experienced with the truck? Now you didn't drive it a lot in the winter if you did at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but what would happen with the truck when you would start it up and move it around and whatnot?
2: So what I noticed, um like, I had the truck over the winter because we were doing, like, it, it got a trans put in it. So, I mean.
0: was that, that was after we were using it for that course, right? Yeah. So, uh. Um, Nick shredded it. Yeah. On the, <laughs> uh.
2: It was. On, so Nick has his HP Academy videos that he does. And I think you probably know a little bit better than I do, Justin. They had is it, was it for the older trucks or yeah, what we were, were doing
0: we were doing recording. Uh, Nick was teaching. Essentially, Nick is doing a class online for through HP uh, Academy. Really awesome stuff. We've been filming. Paul and I have been filming for them with Nick. Uh, check it out if you want to learn about tuning. But uh, yeah, Anthony essentially was nice enough to uh, let his truck be used. And literally, the looks on Nick's face when it would shift on the
2: dyno were of absolute
0: horror. And yeah, and, <laughs> yeah.
2: and uh, no, they—you guys are Nick used it for the HP Academy, and I mean. You know, we've all been around the game long enough. You have a truck with, you know, a few hundred thousand miles and we're all enthusiasts. We want performance out of these. A trans was definitely in the picture. So, I mean, I knew the motor had studs on it, so I had confidence that, you know, head gaskets were going to be in good shape and we're going to have any issues there. I mean, 130,000 miles, that's relatively low, in my opinion, for an 05. So, got the truck back. DJ put a trans in it. Um, and then from there, when I'd move it from time to time, uh, extended cranks. That was the first thing I noticed. And, you know, you're... Training kicks in, being around these for years and years. Uh, Primed the filter head because the truck doesn't have a lift pump on there. It has a rail plug. I mean, really, that was it. A built trans and a rail plug at the time. And um, so I just primed the filter head. I noticed it wasn't keeping prime, So I noticed, like, right off the bat, that was one of the first things the filter head started to, you know, I think it was leaking past the gaskets or getting the air in the system.
0: Yeah. And this is a story we hear a lot, right? Every time someone picks up something, no matter how, you know, when you want to add power, like, it's one of those, it's the same old diesel story, right? Yeah. There's always something behind the scenes. Exactly. (laughs)
1: Okay. So you do all that stuff over the course of the winter. Now we'll fast forward to you know, where we're at now. Um, started running into injector issues.
2: Yeah, that was <laughs> one of those. <clears throat> so, yeah, driving, in, I mean, really in the summertime, that's kind of like the main computer commuter. I've got a little S10 that uh, I got from you, and that one's fun to drive in the wintertime. But, you know, I want to have the nice truck out when it's sunny out, windows down, things like that. And I started to notice excessive hazing. Uh, especially, you know, like at stoplights and things like that. And I was going through quite a bit of fuel, a yeah. little bit more. like My mileage was like 11, 12 miles a gallon. Other side of that was that, uh, you know, we always talk about balance rates. You know, I get calls, I mean, you do too, Chris, every single day about balance rates. I mean, granted, that doesn't always tell the story. But I feel like this was uh, a help, a key indicator. You know, I had haze. I had extended crank sometimes. Um, and then my balance rates were like negative 5, negative 9, I think was the most I ever okay. saw. And it, I mean, they were bouncing all over the place. So, yeah. And that's when I gave gotcha. uh, Harvey a call at Exergy, and we got some sportsmen headed my way. Shout so we out to, to XRG. An XRG into the, yeah, so
1: we grouped an Exergy on this to order to set a set of sportsmen. And this was supposed to be like a Friday, Thursday <laughs> evening, pull out <laughs> injectors and swap out injectors, right?
2: Yeah, it was a plan of you know I was talking with DJ or Lead Tech and TransBuilder here, and I was like, hey man, you know I'd got the injectors. I know we had we had the gaskets around the shop, and I was like, w- you know, when can we get this in? He's like, oh dude, no problem. You know, I was thinking, oh, I got <laughs> dinner plans with some friends. I'll be driving home in a few hours. You know, knock it out by dinner time. And next thing you know, I run to the store and come back, and my motor's on a stand. So <laughs> it took a turn for the worse to say the least. Well, how did you feel when you saw that? <laughs> I mean you always have the sticker shock of (laughs) holy shit my motor's out of the truck yeah where's my injectors at? but it's a matter of you know like we've known dj for years chris has since he was you know grown up yeah but uh you know dj builds a transits he's a lead tech and he he's that for a reason and what ended up coming about was i mean he had the top end of the motor apart like he's taking the valve covers off and whatnot or the uppers at least and he had six injectors out. He's like, "Hey, these two are kind of giving me some fits. You know, I'm gonna have a little more time into it because you know I was here with him, seeing how everything was going." And I was like, "You, no big deal. You no, know, do what you got to do." And I mean, we had slide hammers, we had pry bars. Like, you know, we were getting a little aggressive because it, it's either we get the injectors out or the motor comes out. Yeah. So it ended up being worst-case scenario. You know, like you know, we get guys in for head gasket jobs and you tell them like, "Hey, the motor's gonna be out. This is how we do it." You know, I would advise doing injectors or a pump if you have higher mileage, things like that. So it was a matter of he's like, I got to pull the motor. And I was like, oh, shit. But, you know, I I trust DJ. Uh, I trust the technicians here. We had another. Jeremy was in the shop. He's like, yeah. all the He even tried. He's like, my tips and tricks aren't working. It was um, a little bit more in-depth than I planned originally. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, you well, could check that on our Instagram. I don't, I don't. I think Chris has seen it. Anthony, you shot him over to me. We posted on our Instagram, kind of telling a little a little snippet of what to expect sometimes because yeah. there's always the unexpected when it comes to diesel stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So well,
1: the thing that I want to take from where we're at so far in the conversation or in the story is the gentleman that sold the truck to Anthony was a DIY guy and he. Not necessarily did the installing correctly, but doing the installation or the reinstallation of the injectors, they weren't seating properly, and that's what caused these mm. to take place to make the injectors stay in the head, which then called to have the engine come out of the truck. Yeah. Now, another thing that we see a lot, and it's not you know I don't it's not that it happens all the time here at the shop, but I hear of guys all over the country call in, and the story starts off with. Well, I took my truck into the shop to do a set of injectors, and now they're telling me that this is wrong and that is wrong, and they thought, you know, a three dollars $4,000 injector job, well, now it turned into an eight dollars or $9,000 head gasket and stud job, and you know, while you're there, you can do this and that. So, Anthony, the motor comes out of the truck, you can't still get, you know, the, the injectors out of the head. Where are you at at this point in time with the project that was supposed to originally be one day?
2: Yeah, so um, where the truck's at right now is, so we ended up getting, when DJ got the motor on the stand, he got, or I should I backtrack for a second, you're talking about the DIY side of things. And what we noticed is, or, you know, what we saw is studs on the manifold. Instead of having the proper bolts, he had longer studs. Like there were bolts, certain things were loose, as shouldn't be. So whether he did it or a shop did it, you know, whatever the scenario is, it's one of those, you gotta make sure you have an expert doing this. I mean, you can save money with the DIY. Yes, taking it to a shop such as us is gonna be a little bit more expensive, but you have that extra peace of mind. But, um, so motor's on a stand, we got one of the injector out, or one of the injectors out, and I wanna say the last one was on the passenger side, stuck in the head. So what ended up happening, he's like, you know, I, I gotta pull the heads off, so, you know, now I'm in for head gaskets. But DJ took the heads off, he ended up having to turn the head upside down, put it in a press, and actually press the injector out because it was so seized, like no amount of slide hammers, no amount of, you know, man power was able to get it out. So it ended up having to get pushed out uh, of the head with a press. a <laughs> so work. <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, fast so. forward for a quick second. Then uh, I, we have a local machine shop here, Pfeiffer's, who does all of our yep. work. Um, and, you know, I dropped the heads off. I was like, hey, you know, there, I know there's a bent valve because DJ bent the valve getting it out. And I was like, hey, just want to, you know, have everything gone through, you know, pressure test them, boil them, mill them, whatever you have to do, and then fix the valve Really check out these four valves. That's what we know is bad. And then, you know, next thing I know, I get a call from Pfeiffer's, and it's like, hey, your heads are kind of shot. You need, you know, new valves, seals, guides, everything like that. So that was that was quite the hit for sure, too. So now it's sitting in the back. That's why it's back
0: there. Yeah, you yes. know. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, that's. Well,
1: you know, I guess one thing that I want to kind of just sum up here, because we're have gone over so many things, is again the guy that goes and does a, an injector job. Where injectors on these trucks are expensive, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're going to run you a few thousand dollars, right? Anthony, how much money would you say we're wrapped up into this truck when it's all said and done? Closer to like seven to eight thousand. If you cut the turbo out of the equation, you do the injection pump, the injectors, the head gaskets. You already have studs, but if you do studs,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know labor, heads, the whole nine yards. You know, again, a three 000, four thousand dollars job is, is two two and a half times that.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, like the injectors, I want to say re- retailing for a set of LOIs is just a shade over three thousand for a set of Sportsmen's from Exergy, and I mean you're in there twelve hundred bucks for core. Uh, so, I mean, right there, you're over $4,000 into those components, you know, not to mention the labor to get that done. So, I mean, just an injector job on parts is going to be, you know, 4200 bucks with core. And then now at right. the point where I'm at, I mean, I'm injectors. I'm a few bolts away from a pump, a few bolts away from a charger. You know, I might as well do these upgrades while I'm in as well.
0: Yeah. That's the thing, though, right, Chris? When we, We're going to shout out Exergy here. Essentially, I've been there. Chris has... Dealt with them forever now. It's one of those things where they're so professional in what they do the cleaning, the testing, the f- everything like that. You know what you're going to get when you purchase that and you do that upgrade. Yeah. There's a reason we always use them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, more specifically, too, to you know, take away at this is, you know, with a company like Exergy and their professionalism, like you said, and I think, um, you know, the quality that you're getting, this is a lot of money and a lot of time that's being invested into this truck to get it back on the road. You can't rush. You know, you can't rush this stuff. And I see guys in these situations, they'll cut a corner and go a cheaper route on one component because more things came at them where now it's not just injectors. Now it's injectors and a head gasket, a CP3, and, you know, having the head prepped and gone through, well, where can I cut corners because I need the truck back on the road? Sometimes it's better just to pump the brakes, let the truck sit, accumulate a couple more bucks, and do it right one time. Because that one time of doing it right, taking a little extra time to make that happen, is going to save you a lot of money.
0: That's great advice. In the long run. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you always want to look at the grand scheme of things here. And, you know, not everything goes as planned. Unfortunately, that's just the nature of the beast when it comes to this stuff. Everything is mechanical. One thing's for sure, though, Anthony, you're going to have a pretty badass truck when things all back
0: together. What's next? So when you get the engine back, you're putting a stealth on?
2: Yeah, uh chat with Nick. Uh we're going to do a 67 okay. on my truck so um uh, you know it's going to have the sportsman injectors, pump 67, a little bit bigger for kind of that setup, but it's one of those you know, I want to see what the charger can make, stock setup things like that, put it on the dyno, make some numbers and just kind of improve on drivability.
0: What transmission you got in there? 50, 550 or 750? 750. 750. Mm-hmm. Chris, by the way, do you want to talk about uh what's going on right now with the uh, Duramax tuner with transmissions? Yeah,
1: kind of struggling. So, uh for the month of July, uh us over at Duramax Spinner Calibrated Power um, has been, you know, thinking about, you know, what would be a really big impact uh, for a sale for the month and what we've come up with for the month of July. So for the whole month of July, we are doing $400 off of our DT transmission program. So a DT 550, a DT 750, or, you know, even our DT 1000, we're doing $400 off of the retail cost. We have transmissions of all make and model for all the RPOs on the shelf, ready to ship. You know, if you have an 01 to 05 truck, we can even do a 6 60 conversion prior to shipping out the trans to you. So there's a lot of cool uh, options there that are available, um, but it's only for the month of July, $400 off. Um, we can set up freight and get the trans shipped out to you, get your core shipped back to us, but so we can, you know, arrange and get all of that set up. You know, so if you guys have any questions, um feel free you can reach me my number over at the shop 815 7920 extension 2121 or maybe you want to chat with anthony same main line number and then his extension 2126 27 27 so 2127 for anthony um you know so if you guys like i said have any questions or interest in transmission we have a lot of different options we have uh you know, we've been working on that program for a lot of years, so I think, you know, we've honed in on our craft and what we can offer on those transmissions to, you know, really offer you a trans that to not only support the power and, and retain uh, but it's going to last a real long time. So if you're investing your money into something that, uh, you know, is uh, you know going to be able to back it up, <laughs> you know, it's not just a, an added cost that will only last a year or two.
0: For sure. Excellent. For sure. Anything, anything else you want to add, Anthony, about your truck or anything before we...
2: I should say only last thing was um, Chris mentioned the six speed conversion real quick. yeah, I have the seven fifty built trans with a conversion kit. okay, a complete just it changes the drivability. it's so nice on the truck, especially guys who do a lot of highway driving, I know having a five speed. I mean, regardless of what tire size you want to do, 70, 75 on the highway, you're like 2,200 RPM. Like, the truck's just singing. Yeah. On my truck, I don't see 2,000 RPMs till about 80 miles an hour Damn. when I'm in Mexico, of course. And <laughs> um, just as far as, like, drivability goes, I mean, you do a built trans on a five-speed truck with that conversion kit, like, it, it changes the drivability. It's very nice.
0: Good call. Forgot I keep forgetting that he has that on there. You had it on the LB7 too, right? Yeah, both my trucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you definitely know what's up. Also, we used that old truck to test the, uh, to yep. test it out on there. Exactly. So, uh, Chris, one more thing we're forgetting to shout out is uh, WC Fab. So, uh, why don't you give one out there for him?
1: And guys, the other sponsor of the show, WC Fab. If you have any uh, interest or concerns or questions on powder coating or intercooler piping, turbo kits, twin turbo kits, triple turbo kits. Um coolant uh hoses, coolant tanks, traction bars, Justin, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm missing a couple things here with what the boys over at WC Fab do. They're all works of Art though to say the least. So, you know, if you guys have any uh if you want to spruce up your truck or, you know, make anything uh, look a little, you know, shine up that truck, I guess you would say, you know, go look over at uh, WCFAB.com. So that's W C
0: He's right, they do it all, literally. We can't even remember half the things. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> dude, for real. But uh, anyways, we know that you probably do kind of miss Paul's voice, so t- no longer waiting, not speaking for Chris. Just kidding, Paul, we miss you. But uh, <laughs> I heard that. Uh, But anyways, <laughs> uh, we got uh, Eric Holland, and he's going to be talking about his comments with Paul, and I know what you're all probably thinking, a 5'9". It is not. It's a 2014 6.7. Uh, it's pretty interesting. So let's kick it over to Paul and Eric and see what they got to say about the truck.
3: All right, guys, and now it's time for one of our favorite parts of the show. That's where you, the listeners, get to come on the show, talk about your trucks, talk about your builds, and go through sh- just kind of sharing some of your experiences. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Eric Holland. Eric, how the hell are you? I'm doing good, man. How about you guys self? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. And really thank you for coming on the show and talking about your truck. I thought this would be kind of a cool one. I know a lot of times on the show we we talk about Cummins builds and they all seem to be third gen trucks. Uh, just so many five nines out there. It, it's that's why, you know guys like Chris Patterson, no, it's just another Cummins. Uh but you you have a little bit different of a setup and I wanted to talk to you about it today. So you have a 14 RAM with uh, a Mega Cab six, seven, and we've we've got them, I think the beginnings of a of a real cool build here. Uh and we're going to get to that truck, but get us started, man. How did you get your beginning in diesel performance?
4: Well, I'll tell you right now, the first time I have ever seen a diesel truck kind of like I guess at the track or that was going fast and kicking people's butts was when I was in high school. So I grew up on the East Coast in Maryland and uh, Bud's Creek was the raceway. I think this is before it was actually MIR, Maryland International Raceway. And there was a guy out there with a 2002 second gen and he had that thing souped up. I mean, it had a big (laughs) old turbo before I knew anything about, you know, the diesel performance game. And he was just out there smoking people. And that kind of really opened my eyes to it.
3: That's so cool.
4: So, I, I love being at the
3: track and, and the, the track announcers are always some of my favorite types of people where just the things that they'll say to a large audience always cracks me up. And every time you're at the track and you're like the only truck there with a diesel, they're blown away. They act like they've never seen it before. They had no idea it was coming. Like they're always just flabbergasted by
4: the concept of a, of a yeah, truck that could can... tow a trailer also going fast on the track. Yeah, you can kind of know, you can kind of tell like if they know exactly what they're talking about when it comes to <laughs> whatever kind of vehicle is going on the track.
3: I love it. love it. Well, cool, man. All right. Well, hey, let's dive into this 14 mega cab. Um, walk us through. So, so how long have you had it and what have
4: you done to it? So uh, I got the truck back in November of 2017. I found it on Facebook Marketplace. Um, I had a Ram before I had a 2013 and I made the mistake of getting rid of that to try to save a little money. And I instantly regretted it. <laughs> so when I found this truck, I kind of convinced the wife to let me, you know, get it. And I had a Harley and an F-150 at the time. And so I had to sell both of those. And in November, it's not the prime time to sell the Harley. <laughs> you know what I mean? So got, I sold those. Um, we pulled the trigger on the truck. And what I got was a an incredible truck that was meticulously taken care of by a guy that I know that I still keep in contact with to this day. And, uh, the truck just pretty much had the aesthetics It had this, the left wheels and tires, a tonneau cover. And other than that, it was clean. She only had 16,000 miles on it when I got it. And it was already a three or four year old truck. So, wow. Got a pretty yeah, good no deal on it. Okay. Okay. So, so you got it. It was bone stock, right? It was bone stock on under the hood. Yes. But you know, all the, all the expensive pretty stuff that on the outside that everybody sees was already done. So <laughs> I was like, awesome. This is great for me. So I can now, you know, mess with the performance stuff. Sure. So, okay, man, dive in. Uh, what was the first thing you did to it? Well, the first thing I did was a tuner, you know, the, the basic stage one, I guess you could call of a build, right? I did the, uh, I did the deletes. I bought the five inch straight, you know, ca- or turbo back exhaust. And then I did the uh, EGR delete later on down the road. Um, I've never did a tuner on any vehicle I've ever owned before. And I've had quite a few because I was always scared of those, you know, messing something up or having a crappy tuner or having not having the support to back you up when something does go wrong. So sure. it took me a while to pull the trigger on that. I did it and it instantly woke the truck up like tenfold <laughs> and, and i'll tell you right now that was kind of the first big performance mod i've ever done in any vehicle i've done cold air intakes i've done like an exhaust like a bolt-on banks exhaust on my f-150s but this was actually the very first thing or very first vehicle i've actually torn apart got my hands dirty and did it all myself so still still a work in progress but just did the basic um, mm3 tuner with some custom tunes I did the uh, five inch turbo back uh, flow pro exhaust with no muffler at the time and just a basic DRP EGR sure. kit. OK,
3: OK, well, that that's oh. I mean, it feels like a brand new truck after doing that list. I mean, I know that's like like you said, our entry level or kind of our stage one uh, that everybody. Well, now I guess we could say everybody used to do. Um, so so it feels yeah. like a brand new truck. So you're driving it. And how do you use the truck? What's its purpose?
4: This is strictly a daily driver for me. There is no racing. There is no hauling, towing or anything. I mean, I'm a, this is this is a dream truck of mine that I've always wanted. And I finally got it. And it's just a daily driver. You know, um, I'm in the military. I deploy a lot. And for the time that I'm gone, the truck would sit for a month or so at a time and just you know that's, it's it still has low miles on it. I just rolled 35,000 miles on it. So oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. She's she's a baby. She's a I mean, she's what you typically a lot of people say a mall crawler, I guess. Sure. You well, say. you you know the scary thing <laughs> is it's getting old at this point. It is, which is
3: unfortunate,
4: but it's, it's a 6-year-old truck, I mean. Things.
3: If you figure dog years, I mean, that your trucks like already at its midlife crisis, you got to be getting ready for a new one, no? I know.
4: And that's what everybody says. And everybody's like, man, you have that same truck. This is the longest vehicle I've had, I guess, since I've met my wife, you know, back in <laughs> 2013. I've always had a new vehicle every year and a half, two years. And this is the longest I've ever had one, So <laughs> I plan on keeping this one for a while.
3: Now, now you've also done mm-hmm. a lot of, you mentioned a lot of the accessories and things were already done on it. So the truck has a six inch lift. Um, you got the fox shocks in there what are some of the other things that you kind of do that like i call i call all accessory upgrades
4: um you mean like aesthetics yeah. or do you mean well like, sure well uh so uh, i mean i can talk about the engine or i can talk about you know headlights well, she, whatever you want let, let's about walk around the outside of the
3: truck first what's done to the outside of the truck that's not performance based right now
4: okay well uh she's Obviously, uh, she's D bad. She's a slick looking truck. There's not even a Cummins emblem on there, like a lot of people like to see on there. Uh, she's paint corrected, ceramic coated, and then if we're going to talk about the lift, it's a six inch BDS long arm lift with the dual shock hoop up front. You know, I'm running Fox 2.0s on the front and rear, and then I also have the BDS steering stabilizer kit. She rides freaking phenomenal for a big truck and that setup. So, no. well, let me let me ahead.
3: give you some putback there. I love because yeah. I I was just gonna ask how's it drive because I, and I'll just yeah. be honest with everyone every truck I've driven with a six inch lift I thought drove like shit I thought it bounced around I thought it was hard I thought the steering sucked I thought it rode like shit but but I always hear yeah. guys say oh but I I I have the the Fox shocks or I have the dual hooper oh no I got a BDS long arm lift like I did this thing and and now it's
4: good is is it good yeah I mean I. You- you take it for granted, right? It's, it's a three quarter ton truck and it's not loaded. So the roads in Oklahoma here are, are just hammered dog shit. They're terrible. So I look at it this way. I, you, you, you've got to expect reality when you have a lifted truck. I mean, I'm not sitting here driving a Cadillac Escalade on airbags. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm driving a three quarter ton pickup. I'm a realist. I, guess I, like, that. I like that. I um, like My wife says it rides rough. I think it rides pretty okay. good. Um, but I've always had pickups that have been lifted or whatever the case may be. So how about
3: steering? How about steering? Is the steering real loose? Does it get wobbly at 80, 90 miles an hour?
4: Not at all, man. Like, I'm not trying to sit here and say my truck's the greatest thing ever. But, you know, I, I, re- I drive it on the highway from time to time, not a lot. But the, the steering is still tight. I'm honestly, I like you said earlier, my truck's old. It's a 14. It was built in August of 13. So I know the, the components are starting to wear down. Um, but I'm, I've, every time I drive it, I'm, I'm listening for creaks, I'm listening for pop sounds or things that are wore out and see how much play I have in my steering wheel. And I, I don't, I am start, I do have a little bit of a, a pop when I first, I guess, back out of the driveway and go straight. But after that, it doesn't happen anymore. So I had the, when the guys did the gears on it, I had them look under there really in depth to see if I could, they could find anything and they couldn't. So Gotcha. I'm still still trying to chase that little, uh, I guess, rattle if you could say. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. Okay. Um, all right.
3: I, I'm sorry I interrupted you there. I think we're about to jump into some of the the other accessories you have for the truck.
4: Okay. Uh, yeah. For the outside of the truck, I have. I mean, we'll finish with the wheels and tire setup. I have a, a 22 by 11 inch American Force offset uh, wheel. It's a zero offset, which not a lot of people see. It's pretty rare. A lot of people have the big lips and things like that. This is pretty much just a 22 by 11 zero offset wheel. It tucks real nice. It's not wide. And then I'm running 37 inch Nitto uh, trail grapplers. So 37, 13 and a half, 22. Uh, It's about time for some new tires. I'm I'm coming up (laughs) on that here. (laughs) Those tires, I would not say
3: lend themselves really well to that smooth ride. But like you said, you're not building the truck for a smooth ride. You're building the
4: truck to kind of just be a badass truck. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I have plans in the future of I thought about, you know, bringing it back down to reality and doing a reverse level and doing like a street truck. Look, I mean, that's still TBD. Uh, We'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. So who knows? I like it. Okay. And then
3: uh, now now you this is another big common thing that I think I see more with the fourth gen Cummins than I, I really recognize. in some of the older models is headlights. Everybody has to upgrade their lights in these
4: trucks. Did you not like them from the factory? Is it really dark where you're at? So it gets pretty dark where I'm at. I did have to upgrade the headlights. Uh, I did do the diode dynamics, uh, HID kit for the projectors. I I read a a lot of terrible things about the LEDs for projectors that they just didn't shine good enough, but, uh, I got the diode dynamics. I think it's the 6,000 K, uh, HID low beams and I've had no problems with them until recently. And, uh, there, it's not the diode dynamics fault by any means. It's my fault. I uh, tore the headlights open and replaced the reflector in there to make it clear and do and do the uh, diode dynamics white uh, okay. running board to make it kind of different. And uh, that was my first time ever doing that. So it was, uh, it was a nerve wracking <laughs> process. And uh, it's finally in the butt because I just drove through a huge storm like two days ago and I got oh. water on my driver's side headlights. So now i'm kind of in search of uh headlights and trust <laughs> me i do not want to pay for those because i think it's ridiculous what they cost it, these days but. it's
3: crazy i know we'll we, <laughs> when i first started with duramax tuner they had a third gen cummins uh beautiful truck but but they had done the god i think back then people were just getting into led headlights and they were awesome i mean they were so yeah. so bright but you couldn't. It, it was high beams or nothing. So it was high beams or pitch black when you drove at night. And so you'd be driving, and just everybody you cross traffic with, it's just flashing their lights at you to shut your high beams off. And you're like, well, it's this or or I'm ghosting you, you know, and I'm gonna run you over. So like, I get it. But yeah, headlights have come a yeah. long way. There are some cool options out there. I always tease guys about their headlights, but but I get it. I get it. it makes the truck look cool. like I understand.
4: It definitely sets it like gives it a whole new look from the front end of it per se. That's it. All right man, well we talked wheels,
3: tires, lift. Let's get under the hood. Uh, I know you got a tuner on it. I know you got the intake on it. What else have you done? So I did the second
4: gen swap from uh Worldly Custom Fab. You guys talk about them all the time and man, second to none when it comes to customer service. They are freaking awesome. But uh, for the setup, I just went with a simple, I guess you could say, uh, second gen swap. I did the uh, the 467 8390 turbo with the steed speed manifold and then i did the four inch banks monster ram exhaust or not excuse me exhaust uh intake horn and then um since i was in there and i had everything torn apart on that side of the motor i went and did the fleece cool and bypass and about about two months ago i did the arp 625 so it's a pretty pretty nice little setup under there Hell yeah man it sounds like you really been working at it uh, have you had the truck on the dyno I have, and I was pretty disappointed because I don't think uh, the people that had the dyno knew exactly what they were doing, and they they told me 482 is what I had at the wheel, and I'm not buying that for a second. I'm, well, I'm on a stock
3: there. trans, depending on where your tune was set up, right? Because you are, you, I, I'm catching this correctly, still on stock transmission?
4: I have 100% stock transmission, and that was before I did the gear swap too, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it, well, you know. Test window is probably more
3: your concern there. So so yeah. load, loading a diesel truck compared to
4: loading a gas truck, a little bit different. Also, it's not. See, they, they didn't have a loaded dyno either. Their dyno wasn't one with a load or an eddy brake on it, and I asked them about that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. That's why I'm just like, eh, I just don't know if it's correct or you not. You get some
3: variations. In my in my opinion, we, we would not generally take a stock 68 RFE, Past that, like, I if eighties like really, you're getting the edge of it, man. Like, much further past that, and it's just a timer, you know, it's yeah. just it's a
4: countdown. And, right I, and I know that, like, yeah, hopefully, we can we'll just we'll talk about the trans stuff later, but <laughs> definitely, uh, it's scary for me. It's a ticking time bomb, sure. I know. Well, you know, well, let's get into it. So, so
3: here we are. So 68 RFE, you, you only have a couple of options. Uh, with Allison's, I feel like every time you throw a rock, you find another shop that that claims to be Allison experts. In reality, hey, we build Allison's over at Duramax Tuner. WC Fab builds Allison's. I, I, I know uh, there's a lot of guys out there who build Allison's. We're all using the same or almost the exact same kits that we're buying from manufacturers. So a lot of times it just has to come down with craftsmanship and availability. Like, th- those are really your big questions, right? Um, but for a Cummins, oh, there's a lot smaller of a market. And then for a 68 RFE, there's an even smaller portion of the market that's out there. Uh, a lot of times, depending on what you're going to do with it, I know we generally recommend guys to do, like, valve body upgrade and a torque converter. Call it a day. If you're not going to go over five, yeah. 550 and you want to just hang out around that number why why go spend the astronomical amount on a full on bill right cuz cuz they are they're outrageous uh-huh. i mean they're they, you know they're very it's a very sizable investment i don't want to say they're outrageous it's not that it's not worth it it's just that it is expensive that's just the reality of it um but most guys honestly oh, yeah. that are going to be daily driving and want to have a quick hit here and there at the, at the stoplight and yeah that that's most most I'm trying to think through who wouldn't need that really. I guess if you're going to be racing or sled pulling in a very competitive way, okay. Yeah. You probably want a full build. but most everybody else I think is going to be just fine with that power level.
4: And that's one thing I did. I I did talk to some guys over at Red Max and we talked about a few things when it came to a 68. And then also there's a guy here local um, in Oklahoma who is their company's DRT transmissions. And he's, he's pretty much a, a good guy when it comes to 68. So those are, I've, I've ran a lot of questions by them and there's a lot of options I've looked at, whether it's a, a full built transmission or like you said, just a power body torque converter, you know, a billet flex plate if I wanted to even go that route. So those are, those are options. I just, I'm still in the discussion part about, or in research phase of transmission <laughs> stuff because I know she's a big truck. She's on 37s. It's not like it's going to be winning any drag races, but at the same time, if I hit it, you know, or if I want to punch it, I don't have to have so much worry about just having six neutrals. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
3: I get it. I get it hundred percent, man. Yeah. And, and use and abuse is going to be how much money you need to spend. Um, be, because like I said, I mean, e- even with the 37s, yeah. almost reasonable drivers, if you're not riding around in the big tune all the time and you're not going to stomp on it after, you know, and really beat the piss out of it. It's like, well, The main places that it fails is that it doesn't have enough line pressure to hold the clutch packs. So once you crank up the line pressure, usually you're good. The next weakest points, the torque converter. So jumping into a a triple disc bill, a torque converter, which very rare we would buy anything else besides that. Uh, But but yeah, so you jump into an aftermarket torque converter. Now you got the two main points. The next thing that's going to fail most likely going to be your clutches slipping. At that point, we're in a full build. We got to open the whole thing up. We got to pull the whole thing out and open the whole thing yeah. up. We got to empty all the clutch packs. We got new clutch packs, new steals all the way through. Um, yeah, so it, it's just a very different set of circumstances.
4: Yeah, and it, like you said, it's just, it's, it's exactly, it's like you can spend, say, like $2,000 on like a valve body and a rev max, or you can go full on build after a certain extent. and. My truck's pretty low mileage. I don't beat on it, you know, because I know where I'm at. You know, I, I know that it's the Achilles heel of this truck. So I'm going to try to, you know, have a longevity of it just to so I can still have a daily driver. You know what I mean? Sure. So cool.
3: Eric, uh, it, it's always so much fun having guys on the show and talking about their trucks. And one of the things I always like to ask, though, is. What's What was maybe one of the challenging things that you ran into since you've owned the truck? What's been kind of the hurdle
4: that you had to overcome? Well, I'd say, uh, say a hurdle is, I don't know, it's just there's, I do a lot of research before I buy anything. You know, I'm, I'm brand new to the, to the diesel game. when I say brand new, like three years, right? I've had this truck and this is the one that I've actually started putting performance stuff into. So the hurdle, I guess hurdles I've had is just... Trying to find the right product, I guess you could say that fits my needs. Because you can hear, on, you see on the forums, everybody knows everything about everything, and they want to preach their what they what they did to their truck as being gospel. But there's there's quite a few guys I follow on you know the YouTube scene, and uh, there's a couple people on Facebook I still I message back and forth a lot. So biggest hurdle I would say just picking the right parts, you know. And so far, I think I've done a great job um, with with what I got and for the expectations of it.
3: Well, that's awesome, man. I think that's good advice too. You know, take your time, do your research, know what's coming
4: up. Uh, Anybody you want to give a shout out to? Um, Some people I like to give a shout out to first and foremost, I'll I'll say WC fab. They've they've been awesome guys um, to help whenever I had questions about doing the second gen swap. And I'll go into a list of other people that I have that I want to thank. And it's just a small list, but some of them I talk to, some of them I don't. So, for a lot of people I've learned from, Greg A, obviously the common God, we all know about him. Um, Turbo Tom, he's a, he, to me, he's a real dude. He puts good, good information out there and he's very relatable. Uh, and another guy, Cam Piggott, he's over at Everything Diesel. That guy, he, he's a, does everything in his driveway. Great guy, answers all my questions and form a pretty good friendship through this. You know, I, I just started a YouTube channel as well. So, just trying to get, Put out good quality information for people that are trying to get it, learn, I guess, about the diesel performance scene or diesel uh, truck scene in general. So, sure. Where can people find your channel? Uh, my channel is going to be OKC underscore six point seven, and that's also the same for my Instagram. So go over there, and if you guys like what you see, hit that subscribe button. Love the more subscribers I get, the more content I can put out. There you
3: go. All right, guys. Well. I'm so glad that we had a chance to have you on, Eric. I know I'll be subscribing to the channel. Guys, for today, this has been Paul Wilson. Thanks so much for listening.
0: Yeah, I'm going to mock Paul. It's fine. And (laughs) welcome to, yeah. All right. Three, two, one. Ah, Fuck. (laughs)